get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Last time the BC Lions came into Winnipeg and beat the Blue Bombers twice in one season, 1988. And the last time a Western Division team beat Winnipeg at IG Field was 2018. That was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That is until just six weeks ago when the BC Lions came into the Madhouse on Matheson and beat the Blue Bombers 30-6. to and with that still fresh in their minds, no doubt, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers look for redemption, revenge, a chance to get back at the Lions Thursday night here in Winnipeg. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside Game Day Winnipeg. It is your Bombers-Lions pregame show. Let's bring in the legend, the man, the myth, the Canadian Football Hall of Famer, number 63, Chris Walby. Bluto, I don't know if you could orchestrate or write a better script, a better matchup than these two teams playing against each other right now for first place in the West and the season series, which it could come down to, that's on the line as well. Yeah, I think it's a great matchup. I mean, I love the fact that it's BC. BC really laid a spanking on us. Let's be, you know, let's not even try to sugarcoat it. Uh, 30 to 6, we didn't even have a point in the second half last game. They held us to two field goals. Uh, it was probably the least productive the Bombers have been offensively. Uh, you know, they just had a, a real rough goal. The BC defense, led by coordinator Ryan Phillips, just had a great game plan. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They hit Zach a lot. They sacked him seven times. Um, but having said that, that's a game of goal. Now we're playing a new game, fresh start. You got new guys coming back, and we'll talk about. Uh, some guys that weren't in that last encounter. And I'll just say one, and I will talk about the other guys, but obviously Kenny Lawler coming back, you know, I think he had, what, seven for 93 yards last week. I mean, our last game against Edmonton. That's a huge addition. And we'll mention the other ones after. But, yeah, um, this is what you love to watch. I mean, anybody's going to be at the stadium at IGF Field, this is a classic game. You know, the, the BC Lions are playing so well under head coach Rick Campbell. And then you got the O'Shea. And I know they're they're really downplaying this revenge or, you know, they want to get back at him or, you know, this retribution game. I think that's a lot of crap. I think they just want to play well. And I think they will play well. I, I don't see them getting embarrassed like they did last time. But you never know. Football's a strange game, brother. I'm with you on the, you know, maybe it's not a revenge game. But I think there is retribution at play here because – it's not like BC came in and, and won a tight game, you know, final possession of the game, like we've seen in so many CFL games this season. It comes down to the final 30 seconds, the final third down, whatever it may be. That's not the case. They came into Winnipeg early this season and they put the boots to Winnipeg. Like, it's not just they scored a whole bunch of points and Winnipeg couldn't keep up, but their defense held Winnipeg to two field goals for a Zach Kolaris-led offense with the league's leading rusher and Brady Oliveira, Kenny Lawler, Dalton Schoen, all of this talent and a defense that is highly regarded and talent laden as well for BC to come in and, and lay the boots to them against a team that has been in each of the last three Grey Cups, has won two championships in the last three CFL seasons 
and BC loses their number one quarterback. They come in in week three with Vernon Adams Jr., who's on his, what, third, fourth team in the CFL? And they absolutely dominated. I think about, you know, like when it comes to protecting the house, you know a lot about this, playing at Winnipeg Stadium, Canada Inn Stadium, for all of those years of your illustrious career, Chris, uh, of, of the importance of protecting the house. No doubt that's going to be on the minds of those guys on wearing blue and gold. Yeah, it's interesting. I know you mentioned Kenny Lawler, uh, but it's interesting that the last game, the leading receiver was Carlton Agadosi, uh, who had six catches. So, I mean, he's not even in the lineup now. Kenny Lawler's back in. I think that the, the addition of Jackson, Jeff Code, and other people you're going to mention later on, I just don't see it happening twice. But having said that, you, these, these are two, they're very identical to me. Uh, and I mean that by the way of the culture. I think coach, uh, you know, head coach Rick Campbell and, you know, head coach Michael Shea have both created an atmosphere where players want to play. They want to play for each other. There's, uh, you know, they're just, they're sacrificing for each other if you want. Uh, they're doing what they need to do to try and get to the next level. BC surprised me. I didn't think BC was going to be this good. Listen, I knew they had some good guys, but uh, they're playing really well. And that's why I say it's a really great game because, the Bombers have a great team. There's no weaknesses in either team. Think about this. Yeah. I think the only weakness I would pick out, buddy, is I wish we had Janarian Grant back. That's the only thing I would really like to see because Janarian Grant is a game breaker. I mean, they got Terry Williams. And Terry Williams is very close to breaking one. But, you know, he's a returner for uh, for BC. But uh, I hope that, uh, you know, Greg McRae, who is averaging uh, not a very, uh, you know, crazy stat of 4.5 on punt returns. We have to get a lot more better. Now, Jamal Parker was about eight yards. He's not in the lineup now. So let's see what they do. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's most definitely going to be interesting because you mentioned some of those guys shifting around on special teams. Big changes on the Blue Bombers defense. We've got lots to come here on game day, Winnipeg. Thanks for joining us uh, here on the pregame show. Uh, If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, or even if you're listening to the podcast afterwards, I know we've got Winnipeg Sports Talks audience set to join us in just a minute as we do a raid. Uh, They might even be joining right now. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us here. Uh, We're going to get into the depth charts and take a really deep, long look at Winnipeg's lineup, their injured list, who's coming off the injured list. Same with the BC Lions. Um, Most notably for Winnipeg, though, is Kyrie Wilson, an all-star caliber, weak side linebacker. Uh, Winnipeg has been thin there the last couple weeks because of the injury to Malik Clements. You get Kyrie Wilson back 12 months recovering uh, plus 12 months. Um, I think it was week two last season. He tore his Achilles. Uh, he is back and and looking like he's ready to go for the long haul here in 2023. Uh, and Winston Rose, who started the season on the six game injured list. I know a lot of people are a little bit split on what they see in Winston Rose. This is what I know, Chris, for a team that has yeah. been preaching all week about the importance of playing for each other, playing for their brothers, getting Winston yeah. Rose back a leader, an emotional leader that guys look up to in that Blue Bombers locker room. Getting him back in that secondary where Winnipeg has had some busts this season, I, I think is incredibly important. And Kyrie Wilson, maybe he can help Winnipeg get out of the basement in the CFL stats. Winnipeg is last in yards per carry rush defense. They really need to be better in that area. Okay, I'll talk about a couple of things. First off, you mentioned uh, Winston Rose. I thought Dalton Schoen had a great 
little uh, talk about it. He was in a meeting. He was talking about how that, you know, the experience that Winston Rose has in the secondary as a corner, he's not fooled by certain things. And Dalton showed us, say, I'm trying to show him tricks. You know, I'm trying to, you know, deke him out, come back, come back inside, take it to skinny post. And he knows what I'm doing. That's the veteran savvy of a Winston Rose. That's what he gives him. Kari Wilson, it's interesting. We talked about him earlier. And the way that Malik Clemens was playing, I said it's going to take a, something like an injury for him to get back in the lineup. I didn't know he was going to get back in the lineup because of the way Malik was playing. Now he's got an opportunity. That's the thing. One, one door closes, another opens. And we'll see if Kyrie – because, listen, it's great to be at practice, guys. You know what I'm talking about. But it's a lot different when the live bullets are – you know, the bullets are live and you're trying to go out there and all of a sudden you're in the muck, you know, the muck and the grind and everything and making tackles. Now, Kyrie Wilson would have an all-star season before he got hurt. Can he recover from that? Do you play a little tentative? Is he forgetting that he has an injury? You know what? I mean, all guys think about that. I don't care what he says. No, I'm 100%. I feel great. You're always thinking about that injury until you take the first couple hits. So it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, number 19, Kyrie Wilson does in that football field. Well, you know how Mike O'Shea puts it. You can't be in game shape until you play a game. That's the only way you're in game shape. And 12 months off, like, look, in your day, Chris, you know, in the 80s and 90s, an Achilles injury that kept a, a, a that would keep a guy out for twelve months that could be a career yeah. that, that would probably be a career ender. You'd call that the widowmaker, right? A lot of guys, lot of um, guys got that's it. Once you got it, you're done. So today's wow. day and age, that is different. And uh, you know the science behind it all of of the physiotherapy and and the orthopedics and the rest uh, probably has these guys in much much better shape, or I would say safer condition physically yes. than maybe in years past. So th- that is a very positive thing. Uh, but yeah. you never know what's going to happen. Uh, I'm sure Winnipeg uh, is ensuring Kyrie Wilson well, is where he needs to be for the long haul. They need him playing yeah. in late November. Well, it's interesting. You know, you say uh, freak injuries happen. And I, I'm not going to jump to our team, but I probably will. I'm going to say Hamilton. What a stupid move they put, uh, mm. you know, put Paul Levi in there with, you know, nothing to win. They had the game. So weird. Quarterback's knee, you know, he busts his knee now, fractured his leg or whatever. He's out. And that is the second time it could be a career ender. Now, your dad's a guy that might, it might be over now. He might be a coach or whatever. But I want to say, well, they'll say he'll be back this year. They they haven't ruled him out for the season. Uh, I know. I hope so. I really like the guy. I like the way the guy plays. He just doesn't seem like he's the bull Levi before. Well, but there's a good comment here. And a couple of people have really mentioned some really good things in the comments. And thank you for the comments. And that is Matt Jackson, who's the DA. And why is not Abu Swari? And I think that's a great point. That is yeah. a very good point. Yeah, no, no, I hear you. I want to uh, want to pull up the bombers depth here. Yeah, see a if great, I can do it. Uh, great point. Uh, you know, I just thought about it myself, and uh, yeah, I see he's out. You know, I'm thinking, you know, Abdul Darami Swari was playing pretty decent football. But they got Winston Rose, so someone's got to come off. Right. As far as Damian Jackson uh, as a, a fullback in the, in the DA, Matt Jackson kicking butt in special teams. He must be doing something because why you bring he's, him on he's the backup long snapper. Okay, there. Okay, so there's a reason for it. So that's a great answer to people. And he's a good special. He's a good special teams guy. He's a versatile guy. If there was a non-offensive lineman or defensive line, a, a non-lineman that I would want in a wedge package, in a goal line short yardage situation at tight end, it would be Damian Jackson. The guy's tough as nails. He's the Navy SEAL, right? He's the former United States Navy SEAL. So 
That's a lot to do with it. He's got the work ethic, right? I mean, he's this is nothing. We're talking a Navy SEAL who sees way different things in real life <laughs> as far as a game like football. You know what I mean? And I know that you know that Michael Shea has a special connection with the military. His dad was in the yeah. military. He loves the military. So I think he respects it. This is a guy that I can just see going, yes, sir, no, sir. What do you want to do? Which wall would you like me to run through, sir? You know yep. what I mean? I, I mean, he's that kind of guy. So yep. that's a great, but it's a great question by the people on uh, coming on with the comments. I love that question. And I see there's another one, and you might want to address this. Hmm. You notice that the, the BC Lions have dressed nine defensive linemen. I don't think I've seen nine defensive linemen before. And that's just strange. I mean, they're obviously going to, they know it's going to be hot in Winnipeg, and they're going to rotate the heck out of these guys. So, um, well, they, they want know. to keep pressure on, right? Because well, the, Matt, the way Matt, you the game is life, he's got 10 sacks, three against the Bombers last time. Yep. David Menard is no slouch. Woody nope. Barron, Nathan Sherry, Tuhima. Uh, you know, these guys, they have such great, they have some good players there. Uh, and you always liked, uh, I know that you, you, you like the secondary. I know Gary Peters and TJ Lee. Uh, have done that. And Our uh, old listen, pal Marcus Sales, right? There you go, right there, playing that. Uh, that I think is is that the wide side. I think it's the wide side corner. He's field wide, half. Wide yeah. yeah, but you know, you know what, Chris? You know what the Tie Cats actually do quite a bit is they uh, keep their DBs lined up as they are. They won't go yeah. field side, boundary side. They trust Edwards Cooper as much as They're they do okay. Gary Peters. Um, so, you know, whether it's, it's going up against Kenny Lawler or Dalton Schoen, you know, they, they probably don't mind sales on Schoen and Lee on Schoen. Peters may end up just sticking with Kenny Lawler. I'd be curious about that, but the BC lines in particular are a team, at least in years past that they don't change up their defensive alignments. Yeah. Like in, like like in game, in game. No, you're, you're interested. You know, they, a lot of times if they have a lockdown, halfbacker corner, they will try and put him on wherever their top receiver on the opposition is. Yeah, I don't be. see that happening. I think that right now, um, you know, you know, got Demario Houston for us. And on their side, they got Gary Peters, TJ Lee, veterans, very veterans. I mean, obviously, Marcus <laughs> Sales played at Winnipeg. Uh, you mentioned uh, Edwards Cooper. They love him. You got Quincy Mogger in the middle. Um, this is a very good secondary. They're playing very smart football. Listen, five touchdowns. Two passing touchdowns. We're talking, you know, seven games, two passing touchdowns. They're taking a page out of the Bombers. Remember last year we were looking at the Bombers? They weren't giving anything up by the air either. That's uh, crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the BC Lions injured list. So Sean Shivers, their uh, quote-unquote backup tailback, uh, will remain on the six-game injured list, even though he uh, did participate in practice this week. Uh, Daniel Peterman, the former Blue Bombers draft pick, uh, on the one-game injured list as well. Mike Jones, the uh, hero in the defensive secondary for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers when they won the Grey Cup in 2019. He remains on the six-game injured list, but talk about an embarrassment of riches. The BC Lions are just so stacked uh, defensively. Uh, that Mike Jones uh, being on the sixth game hasn't really affected them much at all. Francis uh, Bemi and Josh Banks, two defensive linemen uh, that are out this week, Chris. Um, 
that may be why they're addressing so many defensive linemen. But I, I love that you brought that idea up as I zoom back out here on uh, BC's depth chart for Thursday night here in Winnipeg. Uh, and, you know, Tehima, Cherry, Barron, and Betts, uh, and David Menard. Th those are the guys that really are going to get the majority of work, but they're going to bring in more. Uh, uh, they're going to bring in Siddiqui. Uh, they, they have options there to rotate it in. But hey, you've been on the O-line. Just tell us yeah. straight up when a, an opposing team dresses that many D-linemen. I know it didn't happen so much uh, in your day, but doesn't that tell you they're going to bring hot and heavy pressure all night? I just think it's like I said, I think it's because it's going to be a hot, humid day in Winnipeg, uh, even though it's a nighttime game. I think they want to be fresh. I think they have. They know the only way they're going to beat the Bombers again is defensively getting into Zach's face and disrupting Zach. I mean, they have to get pressure on him. They have to hit him. They have to, you know, stop the run. They did a great job uh, stopping the run last time, too, as well. Uh, this is a very good defense, but I'll say this. You know, you talked about uh, Betts and Menard and, and Barron, Woody Barron and Nathan Sherry. They got this other kid now, Marquis Moore, and they're really, he's a first-year guy out of Utah, defensive tackle. They're really high on, big boy. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're going to try and get a lot of pressure up there. You know, they, um, like I said, uh, they don't, they play some zone. They play a lot of man. They're really confident in their defensive backs, which is crazy. Um, because, you know, you think about what the Bombers have right now. I mean, when you look at Lawler and Bailey and, 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 and you know, Brady Oliveira coming out of the backfield, Dembski, Schoen, this is as good as a receiving crew as there is in the CFL. Yep. And then I look at the BC Lions and I go, hmm, Dominic Grimes, five touchdowns, missed a few games already. Alexander Hollins, who was just coming into his own. That guy, I think he was the red game record for us last time. He was. Then you got Lucky Whitehead. You got Keon Hatcher. You got Javon Cote. They've Couture, got some yeah. very, very good talent. And listen, Dane Evans has rebirthed himself uh, in two games, three touchdowns, one interception. I think he's throwing the ball as well as I've seen him. Now, he hasn't grabbed great games. It seems like, you know, they sacked him five times last game. And I don't know how the BC Lions got great as top offensive line, but that's the way it works. Um, but having said that, I think Dane Evans is looking for you know, he's just happy to be there. You listen to his uh, interviews. He says, hey, this is VA team. You know, it's VA. It's Vernon Adams Jr.'s team. But remember this. This is a guy that Hamilton has come back time after time end up being the starter. He was in both Grey Cup games against the Bombers. So he yep. can get it done. He's seen everything. So, I mean, uh, I, I watched him throw the ball, albeit it was against Edmonton. Edmonton is god-awful. But anyway. He threw the ball extremely well in tight, tight little areas. He was throwing the ball as well as I've seen Dan Evans throw the football. He was the pro football focus uh, CFL honor roll number one player this week. You know, they used to yeah, call him July. Uh, July. Yeah. He was a player, performer for July. And yeah. you know what? He only played a game and a half. No, 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 no. Not for July. No, no, no. Just this past week. Oh, I thought I saw July. That's why. Okay. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, they've got some great things. And it's great to see Craig Smith in the answer here again. Mm. Uh, you know, it's going on, more about football than most of us have ever seen. Uh, but I got to tell him, he's right. Javon Katoy is a guy that really jumps off the car, uh, off the chart at you. You know, I mean, it's just good. And Peter D, how tired do I have this time catching a game? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's but, only like the five or six or seven of you, right? Like Winnipeg has seven. 
but they're not going to be Bunch. taking those first starting five out as necessarily, tired as right? Get, DP, as tired as you get, you want to run and pound the shit out of the ball. Excuse my language, but you want to pound that ball. <laughs> yeah, no, you're and right. I really do yeah. believe that's what you want to do, man. Uh, you cannot go against the BC Lions, or most teams anyway, and just rely on pass pro. You know the old saying, be a hammer, not the nail. I mean, that's what the Bombers have to do. And I think they have to establish run better than they did the last time they played BC. And if they do that, they got a great chance to come out with a victory. Yeah, no, uh, agreed. The uh, t- To me, Dane Evans uh, is going to have a lot of people in the stands watching the game on TV, whatever it is, or even people in the live chat here. Hit up the live chat. And if you haven't yet, go give a thumbs up. Go do it yeah. right now. And welcome to everybody who joined us from Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, great to see you uh, here on Game Day Winnipeg. It's your pregame show ahead of Bombers Lions on Thursday night. Uh, we got postgame coverage live as we always do following the game uh, here on Bonfire Sports. Um, a lot of people will be talking about Dane Evans. I don't see it as a huge fall off from what Vernon Adams Jr. brings. I would say VA is a little bit more scrambly, a little bit oh, more yeah, of a hybrid. Okay. I agree 100% with you, DB. That's a, a great observation. But he can Evans can run, too. Evans can, he can run. run. He, you know, he hasn't run very often. Uh, I mean, I looked at him. He's, you know, he's run for 19 times, 107, which surprised me. I mean, I thought he ran more, but I, I obviously, but he it's not even that. It's that he does a lot of the things that Zach is known for. Getting outside the pocket, extending the play, eyes always looking downfield, receivers on the same page, breaking off their route, coming back to the quarterback. So I think that's the big thing. Huge game. Uh, for those that aren't aware, this is for first place in the West. Six and one BC, five and two four Winnipeg. Four and the second of three meetings this season, uh, the second here in Winnipeg, the third meeting will be in uh, early October, October 6th, the Friday night game in BC. That's right before Winnipeg's final of three buys uh, this season. So this is for first in the West as it stands. It's also for the season series because if BC captures a win, they'll own the tiebreak no matter what if yeah. these two teams finish uh, you know, tied in the standings. So this game, you could argue, is a six-point game. It would be four points in the standings if BC went up right? Because they would be at seven and one and Winnipeg would be at five and three. So two games back, but then to have the tie break is a third game. This is a, this is a four point game. If there ever was one in the CFL. And like we talked about right off the top, I don't know if you could, could orchestrate a better matchup, a bigger game with bigger stakes than this one. No. And I agree with you. I think that's what football is about. This is what the CFL or any leagues about when you get the two classiest, two strongest teams playing and they're going head to head, playing a little smash mouth football. And you know, the BC lions are confident because they've already came back and beat the bombers at home where very few teams have done in the past. So, I mean, they're coming in as a confident bunch. And I know the Rick Campbell's is saying, Hey, we did it once. We can do it again. Everybody play their position. Everybody, you know, take care of your own responsibilities don't you know, worry about anybody else. Just take care of yours. We'll play as a team. And, we'll, and if, as long as we execute, I think the biggest thing to me is that offensive line for the BC Lions has to give Dane Evans some time. Uh, and if they do, it's going to be a, a, a tough game, I think. I think the Bombers are good. I think that the Willie Jefferson is playing outstanding football. 
but they've been running the football. And I know they got that uh, Taekwon Mazel. I really like this kid. I'm surprised he doesn't have a rushing touchdown. I know he's going through the air, but he's a good running back. Yeah, no, no, no question he is. Uh, Mizell really blasted out of the gate to start the season, uh, got nicked up. Shivers came in, and, and now Shivers is nicked up, so they're going back to him. But, you know, BC, I look at BC and Winnipeg as the two most talented teams on paper in the CFL. Toronto's playing the best. They're the best team, no question in my mind. I can't wait for Toronto to play Winnipeg. They've already beaten BC. Um, But these two, Winnipeg and BC, the receiving cores, the offensive lines, the defensive lines, the backfields, uh, they are very, very evenly matched top to bottom. That's why this game is... Uh, so intriguing beyond the season series and first place on the line and redemption at IG Field and the rest. Um, some people mentioning in the live chat, and Chris, I know this is a point of interest to you too, because of the MLCC strike, will there be enough beer at IG Field? I know this for a fact. I don't know how the football operations works with the Bombers. This isn't information from there. I do know this, that if you're selling as much beer as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers do, or say the Winnipeg Jets or whatever, they're not getting it from the MLCC. It's regulated, oh. but they're buying it from a beer supply. They're buying it from right. uh, Brewers BDL, Brewers Distribution Limited, right? So go, uh, they're going to have lots of cool refreshments for people to enjoy Thursday night. Uh, it's all going down, uh, what is it, a 7.30 kickoff? Uh, and we'll yeah. have a post-game show uh, live here on Bonfire uh, after that game. Um Brady Oliveira and the offensive line, Chris, is an area I wanted to talk about on the show today. Uh, Brady is having a breakout season, frankly. He is opening eyes of people. He's not just the understudy of number 33. No, he is the man here in Winnipeg. And he has shown great versatility, right? Because he maybe doesn't have those big breakout runs. Like, he's not a speed back, but he is finding ways to break tackles, spin off tackles, lower the pad level, do all of those things we came accustomed to seeing 33 do. Well, now number 20 is doing it in addition to the pass game. But how does that balance out with what we've seen from the Blue Bombers offensive line? Are you critical of this Blue Bombers offensive front? Or are you no. maybe a little bit more uh, sober, if, if you will? No, I think the offensive line is as good as they can be. I mean, I think they got a good, you know, bunch of guys. I think they had the blip against BC. They exposed some things. I mean, I think they came up the middle. They got a lot of pressure, forced the quarterback outside. I think Matthew Betts might be the most underrated D lineman right now, leading the league with 10 sacks. He's got a motor. You talk about cultural shade. He says, you know, he's just got that motor. They watched film on him when he was in Laval. This is a guy that had a contract offer with Chicago Bears. Yeah. So, I mean, he can play football, but he's just, it seems like this is the year that he's come out and he's kind of blossomed as a, as a defensive player. Uh, you watch him on there. I mean, he, they just got, I mean, this kid is a, as good as they get right now. I mean, Willie, look at Willie. I mean, Willie is our Matthew Betts, eight sacks. The interesting thing about Willie though, and I know I'm jumping in this, but Lee, when is the last time, that you've seen a D lineman lead the league in pass knockdowns. No, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I looked at that. I went, what? I had to look at it twice. But, I mean, that's the kind of year he's having. But, no, speaking of BC, I think, listen, um, the O-line for the Bombers have to be strong. They have to get that running game going. And you have to have 
good second down conversion. Uh, they were horrible last time. I think they were, uh, I, I think I looked at it, I think they were like 23% uh, for second down conversion against BC. So I think they have to really uh, improve on that stats to stay on the football field. Uh, don't give the Dane Evans and the BC offense, you know, a lot of opportunities to put points on the board. Do you subscribe to the sentiment out there that this Blue Bombers offensive line is aging or not as good as they used to be or not as dominant as they used to be? I know there's a whole gray area and range of, of critique. What are you seeing in the O-line specifically, Chris? Well, I don't understand this. Okay, you got the leading rusher in the league in Brady Oliveira. you got the leading quarterback in the league right now. He's thrown 15 passes over 30-plus yards which is number one, which means that play takes time to develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, come on, people. Quit jumping off the wagon and breaking your ankles. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. Listen, there's nothing wrong with his O-line, man. This O-line is playing well. Uh, listen, there's no such thing as a perfect game. I don't care what position you play, quarterback or offensive line. There are times you're going to get beat. Anybody who says that's lying. Um, but I do think when I look at the stats with the receiving crew, what they're doing, and the fact that he throws the ball deep, he's 70% uh, percent passing. And in, in Zach, in Brady getting, uh, you know, 16 catches. And you mentioned Brady Oliveira. He's on pace for 2,000 yards, all purpose, which mm-hmm. will be the most since the old number one, Charles Roberts, which is a heck of a freaking accomplishment. So, yep. yeah, I, I, I'm not a... I'm not dumping on the O-line. I know you may think I'm biased on that, but I, I think this is a good O-line. I really do. And I know they're getting up in age. I know that that's a thing. But Well, um, I think there's a no. reason they dress Ellie and Dobson. There was a time where Winnipeg wouldn't even think of dressing uh, seven offensive linemen, but now they do. Uh, two fullbacks on the roster. Some people critical of that, but I think there's reason for that when it comes to special yeah. teams and flexibility. Flexibility, right? What's game plan? You yeah. gonna you might see a lot of double tight now. Yeah. You know, put Jackson up there at the tight end. He well, leaks double, out, gets a pass. Chris, you, you could go double, double tight, tight with a fullback. I've seen that a lot of times. Yeah. You know, I like super jumbo, super jumbo package. Uh, super jumbo. You can have oversized. You can have Dobson and Tui at the uh, tackles, uh, yeah. especially if you're getting a lot of pressure from the outside. You spread them out. That's what teams are doing against Bombers right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you're tripping Jefferson and Jackson, or they're trying to stretch them out, put them farther, so it takes longer to get to the quarterback, which means it puts more pressure on the interior guys to get push to get up the middle. So, yeah, I mean, there's so many little games within the game that is great to watch. So Chris Kolinkowski, Chris Kolinkowski took three holding penalties last game, and I understand, um, you know, that that jumps out, but he has been very good this year. And people say he's undersized. He's this or that. Chris, you and I talked about that on the pregame show uh, two, you know, two weeks ago before the Edmonton game. That 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 don't mean squat. I'll tell you something right now. Uh, Lyle Bauer was my old roommate. Was the old VP. He's also the president of the Bombers. He was a center. He says, "You put your hand down with a football. You got to worry about making the calls. Where's everybody at? Where's the linebackers at? Oh, looks slide protection. Oh no, don't worry about this." Okay, here we got a tough. We got a linebacker up in the interface. Then he's got to get the ball to the quarterback. Then he's got to get his hand off that football, pop it up high enough to block the guy in front of him. One of the hardest jobs in the world in football is that center position because of the fact of the, the skill you need to get that ball up, to get your hands up, to be able to take on the blocker. 
or the guy that's coming in. Now they line up a guy in a gap. Think about how tough that is. Mm-hmm. Not only got to snap, but I got to go and pick, protect that gap. So that's what teams do. They'll put a guy in the gap. They'll put a guy over the guard. Now the guard can't help that center because the guard is, is, is occupied. That means that center has got to get over there. Uh, boy, that's a tough job on even the best of the centers, but I think he's doing well. Yeah. Like uh, people say the biggest concern, I've heard this anyway, fans will say the biggest concern around the Blue Bombers is the uh, is the offense and the offensive line and protecting Zach Kolaris and the rest. I, I, I don't subscribe to that. If anything, no. to me, it is the Blue Bombers defense uh, that has been, I'll, I'll just say, the Blue Bombers defense isn't playing up to their potential right now. And I don't know how you feel about that, Chris, but defensively, uh, I, I, let's not bury the lead here. And as just as I, I get rid of this uh, logo so we can get a better look at the screen here, um, getting Kyrie Wilson back is a monstrous addition. He is so dynamic, so smart, so uh, flexible to either play in the box, get his nose dirty, stop the run, uh, spy the quarterback, spy the tailback, those sorts of things that, that weak side linebackers are tasked with doing, but then also the ability to drop in, uh, to pass coverage. Uh, Adam Big Hill, of course, he'll remain in the middle and the defensive line remaining, uh, unchanged from the last couple weeks, but Reddick Cramdy remains the dimeback, the SLB strong side linebacker. This is the dimeback spot, that hybrid, uh, defensive back that plays kind of close to the box. Uh, Alden Darby was a CFL all-star with the Blue Bombers in 2021. Um, you know, uh, started with Hamilton last season before being traded back to Winnipeg. Now he's a backup and he's been a backup for a few weeks. Uh, it, it, it says a lot to me that they're having some transition at this dime back spot. Uh, Man, when- I, I just want to jump on that there. DD. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. According to this depth chart, let's not get crazy on it, but Kerfala Aksume was listed as a backup halfback. They're looking for somebody to take that spot. They like Cramby because Cramby's a good tackler. You want a guy that can tackle cover, but also wrap up and tackle. Don't get broken plays. You know what I mean? Where you miss a guy. I think that's what happened to Alden Darby. He was kind of missing some plays, missing some tackles. Guys were extending it on the other side. But I think that's one of the reasons you see Kerfala Aksume there. Uh, great special team guy, got released by Montreal. Uh, now he's listed as a third backup behind, uh, you know, Alden and, and uh, Cramdy. Now that could be just. I think they're just plunking him there. I think I they're just plunking him there. there. But yeah. it also looks at me that maybe they're looking for somebody to kind of, you know, push and see who's going to be the guy that's going to take that spot and run with it. So, yeah, we'll see. Right now think- it's ready. Uh, Cramdy's job. I guess they just haven't liked what they've seen in Alden Derby this season. Uh, because, you know, this is a very, very hard position to play. Very, very oh. difficult position. Uh, but Demario Houston, who leads the CFL in interceptions, remains at the boundary uh, corner spot next to the human tarp. Dietrich Nichols. Uh, Evan Holm uh, remains in his spot. He has been so dang good this year. I would say even... It's probably, you know, TJ Lee, Marcus Sales versus Evan Holm, Dietrich Nichols in, in what might be the best halfback duos in the CFL today. Here's Winston Rose coming back from the six-game injured list to make his 2023 debut at fieldside corner. Um, yeah. So overall, I think the defense getting healthy with Wilson and Rose is, is a nice thing. But Chris, I, I just... 
I can't state it enough. If there is something for Blue Bombers fans to watch against BC, it is Winnipeg's defense and their ability to play consistently, to play physically. Winston Rose, uh, when I talked to him this week, told me that, uh, you know, playing for each other, playing for your teammates, playing for your brothers is what Mike O'Shea has preached to them. I then asked Mike O'Shea, what that means. What does it mean to play for your teammates and, and, and the rest? And he says, you know, it's not something that you would be able to see on TV, but when it, uh, football is an incredibly physical game and that it comes sure. down to sacrifice. Uh, that's the way the coach described playing for each other and playing for their teammates. I think having Winston there is a nice emotional boost to the back end in particular, that defensive back group, because Nichols and Houston and Holm are all young. You got Brandon Alexander. Now you got uh, a DB in Winston Rose who's been there, done that, and knows the right way to play. So, um, you know, those DBs often get the most criticism, the most microscopic view on them because one mistake and it's they had a bad game or they're having a bad season. I don't think that's a smart way to look at it. Uh, Winnipeg just needs to play as a unit much, much better than they have. And they really got to do it against an incredibly talented receiving core with Dominique Grimes coming back from the injured list. Keon Hatcher, you mentioned Katoy and Hollins. They got so many weapons. Mizell, you give him the tailback in BC, you give him that ball in space. Look out. He's going to make you pay. Okay. But I want to go back to what you said. Thank you for Mm -hmm. that. Uh, that big uh, speech on Evan Holmes and Dietrich Nichols <laughs> and Brad Alexander. I will say this. The only thing that concerns me is Winston Rose hasn't played a long time. The communication sure. thing, that's the only thing. When I look at two players, Kyrie has been there before. He knows that spot. It won't take long for him and Adam Big Hill and Wilson to get going back again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They have they played together. Evan Holmes has never played with Winston Rose except for maybe in practice. The communication thing of breakdowns where you don't want to let one guy go free or bite on something and allow somebody to come behind you. That's the one thing I'll say. Now, they might come out and just kick the rest of you know, the BC Lions, but, but if I have one concern, it's the fact that Winston and Evan Holmes have not played together for very long, and there is that tremendous ability you need to communicate and be on the same page depending on what they're doing. If they run a guy out and they run to the flat, you know, and what? who bites on what? You know what I mean? They run a guy behind you. We've seen that many times in the CFL with all teams. Guys peek in the backfield. They cheat. They watch the quarterback. Boom, guy runs behind him and get a big play. I will be watching that. I'll be watching that big time. Kyrie, I just want Kyrie to play healthy. Stay healthy. Because I know he is, as you mentioned, he is a, definitely an impact player. And like I said this, and I've said it a million times before, before he got injured, he was having an outstanding, outstanding all-star season. So if he can come back to being what he was before, uh, that's a great thing for the Bombers defense. Yeah, no, no question. And great uh, comment here from Craig Smith. He says, interesting, BC and Winnipeg tied in sacks, created with 25. The Bombers have allowed 18 on Zach Kolaris and 19 uh, the BC Lions have allowed to uh, their two starting quarterbacks this season. Uh, great, uh, great insight there from our resident player personnel expert, uh, yeah. the veteran of CF, uh, CFL scouting, uh, Craig Smith. Great to see you, Craig. Great to see everybody uh, in the live chat. You say you're you're concerned about some of those things, Chris. The only thing I'm concerned about, after my spiel, as you called it, 
uh, is the squeaking of your chair. You know, I drove across town today, get you a new microphone, got you all set up. And that chair is just squealing more than, than I, than Luca at a barbecue. Your dog. Okay, well, let me just tell you that, that that might be my hips and my knees making that noise. I'm like, no, <laughs> telling you, man. But no, I know. I'll have to oil it. I'll get the WD-40 on it, man, and I'll, I'll make sure next time. But yeah, I'll have to do something. I'll uh, have to do something. I think the guy that you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I watch how the press is, and I, I was listening to an article, and I think I said this last time, last podcast too. It's funny how people aren't. They think that uh, Dalton Schoen is not the player he was. He only had two catches against the BC Lions. I think he's mm. dangerous every time. He, I think he has a – you know what? I think I was listening to the pod, uh, somebody talk about it. It was it was a cultural shape, for a matter of fact, talking about certain players and a quarterback having a relationship. And I remember he mentioned Danny McManus and Darren Flutie. I mentioned he – and I was thinking a guy – and I'll just throw this one out. Doug Flutie and Sapungis from Calgary. Yep. I mean, Alan phenomenal. Pitts. Yeah, Alan Pitts. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just want to make sure that people understand that Dalton Schoen, they, when you have a plethora, a large amount of super talented receivers, they all want the ball. And I remember we were playing in Sacramento, and they weren't throwing the, – they were showing, throwing the ball to uh, Gerald Alphon all the time. And oh, yeah, we had Alphen. a huddle. Yeah, yeah. Great football player. And we had, a, and then Gerald Wilcox, who was the outstanding Canadian for us a number of times, he, he started to sulk. He wasn't getting the ball, so he wouldn't even look at us in the huddle. He kept looking away. And I wow. think whoever was the quarterback at the time just started smacking at him and saying, hey, get in the game, man. You don't have to have wow. every pass can't come to you, man. But they all wanted the ball, which in, in reality is a good thing, but you got to play for each other, right? So that's the biggest thing. And I remember that story was great, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think Dalton Schoen isn't the player he used to be. I just don't think Winnipeg's able to pull the wool over anybody's eyes with 83 on the field. That's a you know? great point. He, he is getting attention. Okay, so he had two catches against the BC Lions. Well, the right. Bombers didn't have Kenny Lawler, so Schoen was the feature. And what did we see? We saw Agadosi get a lot of work, and we saw Schoen only get the ball twice. Right. When you got Gary Peters on you, man, like, good luck, you know? Now that Winnipeg has Lawler and Schoen and Dembski and those other weapons, they're going to be able to give the ball to who doesn't draw the attention, right? It's it's what gets drawn away. And that's what game planning in football is all about. You use the pass, you know, use the run to set up the pass, use the pass to set up the run. That's about as simplistic as it can get. It is much more in-depth than that when it comes to Buck Pierce versus the Lions defense um, or Dane Evans on the field against the Bombers defense in the matchups, the, uh, you know, what defenses are showing, what offenses are showing with formations and player personnel packages and all those things, and then identifying ways that they can attack. So um, I think Winnipeg's offense maybe hasn't been as consistent as they would like to be. Uh, but now that everybody is back and healthy and fresh off of a bye week, uh, and at home, I think will help uh, as well with just uh, you know the sound and, and the rest. I think Winnipeg's offense um, is is poised for a game where I think they can they can be consistent, but they're they're going to have to do it against the best defense in the CFL today, for my money. Well, the defense that has you know it's number one. They've given up what the average eleven points against, which is crazy. Yeah. But the thing is, if I'm Winnipeg still, I have to stretch that BC defense. I have to take some looks downfield. I need to get Kelly Lawler on a deep route. 
I need to stretch that defense so not all the BC secondary and linebackers are looking in the backfield or playing everything in front of me. I need everything to be where they have to really respect that we can take it deep to the house. So I think that's and that's a car, that's a rule for every team. If you're going to do the dink and dunk pass, you're going to get killed because unless that back or receiver can't break a tackle, yeah. you're going to be punting all day long. So you need to go deep with the ball and stretch the defense, keep them honest. Then you got the opening between because BC likes to, or Winnipeg loves to bring Adam Big Hill on the blitz. I talked about it last time. Boy, I tell you what, now Brandon Alexander, he can cheat up in that Mac or that Mac position, but if, if he's kept too tight, it's called cover zeros, nobody at safety. Right. Then you see beating guys go behind. It's such a game of chess. That I love this. That's why I love this game. That's why I love doing this podcast because I talk about things that, you know, they just really uh, fire me up. Yeah. Well, I just love that we're on camera because we get to see your mug every every week. I know, I know. But I got your hat. Thank you. And somebody made a comment. The hat looks good. I said, yeah. Well, your 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 kids keep stealing that hat. So what did I do? I I got it back from your kids and brought it to you. And I said, Chris, that hat doesn't leave that room. You would never get it from my kids. They, you wouldn't be here. You'd be in a wheelchair. <laughs> I'm not even. Crap. I'm not even playing with you. Like I, I got that hat from Christian. I think. You liar. Well, I don't know. It was the Christmas. It was the Christmas party. I weaseled it out. Of, I don't know. I, I fought. Yeah, okay, well, fought it back that. from somebody. Well, it's like trying to get a six pack of Lucky from your grip. It was. It was tough. Yeah, uh, I like Peter D's comment there too. Uh, Big Hill says he's similarities in BC to the, their defense too. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, both. Yeah. Well, I think Ryan Phillips, the D coordinator for uh, BC, yeah, uh, should get a lot of credit. I think John Bowman who himself was a hell of a defensive lineman for, uh, with Montreal. And a Hall of Famer. He'll he, he probably be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And he's, oh, he will be. And he's he's teaching these guys how to be better at what they do, at their at their job. Uh, you know, when you when you get a coaching staff that can put together with guys and, and they all work together, uh, boy, tell you what, man, it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing to watch. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, that's what I love. I mean, this is – and actually, Biggie's 100%. Because I know that a couple of years ago we were talking about the Bombers. And they only gave up, I think, I think they were halfway through the season, gave up five touchdown passes. Um, they were number one in so many categories. BC has taken a page out of them. Both these teams have watched film all week, DB. What did work? What did not work? How do we make adjustments to what we see? Nobody's coming in with the same formation. You think BC's coming in going, you know what, that worked. Let's line up exactly the same way. No. We're going to mix it up. We're going to give you that look and we're going to run some bloody different thing. So now you're all messed up. Yeah. I mean, you know, Mike O'Shea talked about it this week about, you know, you, you look at film, you look at the last time you played that team head to head, but you look at their games against other teams. And, you know, he said that there's, you know, <laughs> you catching, catching some of those comments there, Chris. I don't know if oh, I want to pull that yeah, no, I didn't want to pull that one up on screen, but that's pretty funny. Uh, oh, that's pretty funny, though. I feeling for you, James. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no but, kidding, but, uh, you know, you, you look at your head-to-head film against the opponent you're playing, but you also look at them playing against other teams and try to pull information from any time you, you watch film yeah. and, and any time you see what they're doing. Um, and then you look at, okay, well, we're going to play this type of defensive system or we're going to show this type of defensive alignment, how might they attack that? How have they attacked that alignment 
in other games this season and then you throw a wrench in it, right? It is, you call it chess. I've, I've called it, you know, with Zach Schnitzer on, on Bonfire Midweek, I've called it 3D chess. It's almost 4D chess sometimes with uh, the way that, that they're planning for each other. Um, but... What is this, Nintendo? Pardon me? What are you talking about? 3D and 4D? 3D chess. You've never seen 3D? 3D chess is a real thing. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I thought you, I thought you, you thought made I made that up? up. But I'll say this. <laughs> The bombers do such a good job of disguising what they're going to do. I've seen so many times they look like they're bringing a guy to the outside, he drops. Yeah, big lots. How many times has Willie done that? Mm-hmm. Willie Jefferson lines up and then he drops back, takes away that short thing. This was what Don Matthews invented way back when. He would bring it in, take a step up, and he'd drop back. And the, the quarterback would think I got the flat as a guy coming across. Bam! Lou got drunk. Better be lucky. Oh, I like Lucky. You like Lucky, yeah. I thought I'd pull that. What's up, Tommy? Yeah. Good to uh, good to see you in the live chat. The voice of the Blue Bombers in the press box uh, at the Bob Irving Media Center at IG Field. Uh, good to see you, Tom, uh, and everybody else uh, in the live chat. If you haven't yet, give a thumbs up. Uh, leave a comment if you're watching this afterwards. Just jump right in there and, and leave a comment. We read them all. Uh, or you can uh, hit the bonfire hotline, whether it's now, whether it's during the game, whether it's after the game. 204-816-TIPS. 204-816-8477. It's a local call, uh, local text, uh, but standard rate supply, just like when you're can texting I, your mama. Can I jump in here? Of course. Maybe it's time you thank our little uh, pub. Well, that's funny that you jumped in to uh, do the thing I was just getting ready to do. <laughs> but you're right, you know. There you go. Tommy says you should be drinking better beer than Lucky. Well, you can find that and so much more at Shannon's Irish Pub, 175 Carlton Street, underneath the streets of downtown Winnipeg. If you've never been, you got to check it out. One of a kind uh, atmosphere, eclectic uh, and one of a kind, outstanding food. They've got your pub favorites, but then they've also got lots of other creative culinary dishes. Uh, 21 beers on tap ice cold, uh, tons of local favorites, as well as your favorite uh, foreign and domestic choices. Every Jets game, every Blue Bombers game, home and away, they have got food and drink specials. So go check them out. And if you're feeling a little groggy after the game on Thursday, this is my advice to uh, everybody out there, Chris. If you're feeling a little bit tired the day after the game, well... Maybe you can kick off work early. Shannon's now open Fridays for lunch, so you can get your weekend started early uh, at our good friends, uh, Shannon's Irish Pub, 175 Carlton. Just a quick Gerald Wilcox hook route down the street from True North Square. Good, good. Oh, Gerald Wilcox was one of my favorite players. He was a great guy. We had such great receivers back then. I was just watching a highlight film of Alfred Jackson. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, four touchdowns in that 713 passing game by Matt Dunnigan. Um, but you know, right. think about the guys we had David Williams, we had so many great guys. I, I think that even as good of receivers we had, I don't know, man. I, I think that the Bombers today could put this receiving crew against anybody. I think they're as good and they may be the best that I've ever seen as a, as a group. What they've got, what they've been able to do, okay? Interesting, just what I'm mean, saying, yeah. Well, you want to get into your keys oh. to the game, Chris? You know, I sure would. You probably do. I'm going to tell you right now, brother. Here we go, brother. That's a little Hulk Hogan there. I think, seriously, the Bombers against BC, what killed them last time? Turnovers. They had four turnovers. The BC had none. you got to control that football, protect the football. 
the other one that really, really stands out to me was the second down conversion. They were horrible. They were 26% or 28%. You have to stay on the football field if you want to beat these guys. Then you look at defense. Get off the field. Get off the field, boys. They can't keep letting the teams run the ball or pass the ball. I'm staying on the field. And as special teams, you got to win this battle of field position. I need Greg McRae to really have a kick-ass game. I really need him to play that well. Because, I mean, right now, like I said, he's 4.5 uh, on, uh, on, on punt returns. I mean, yeah, he's got a 102-yard missed field goal. Uh, but to me, that's a special team thing. You have to win a field position game. And you're at home. Protect your turf. Protect your house. All those things you said, DB. But you've got to make sure that you are not starting inside, you know, your goal line, uh, you know, the, the, the shadow of your goal line or goal posts all the time. So I need them to win the battle of, of the field position. And everything will take care of itself because we don't even talk about Sergio anymore. But both these guys have been kicking a heck out of all. Sergio and Sean White. Yeah. Two outstanding field goal kickers. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a great game. I'm, I, I tell you what, boys, I gave my tickets. I have family from Germany in. I gave my tickets away, so I unfortunately will not be at the game. But you can bet I'll Come be on. sitting in front of the tube. Maybe not with the lucky, maybe something else, but I, you never know, man. But I well, like why, why don't you why don't you come to the game with, with me and uh, my, my new student uh, work practicum uh, uh, student intern, Elliot? Why don't you come sit with us in the press box? You know what? I don't think I'm even allowed in the press box. That's not true. You you came up there with me before. You can have the seat right across from your name and number honored in the ring of honor. I think they'll get I, I think they'll make that happen. Oh, that's what that's for? <laughs> I, thought for I thought that was an award for most beer consumed in a ball game. Yeah, sixty three at one game. Sixty three at one game, baby. Andrew, <laughs> can you remember you know that? Andre the Giant actually had 80 beer in one sitting. Oh, well, there's a story over, where, over a yeah, he, yeah, he drank a he drank a 48. He drank two cases, 48 yeah, beer 48. during 48. during a drive, like during a drive yeah. from the airport to uh you know the the town that he was wrestling in. Well, he had to go by horse and buggy because he couldn't fit in a car. Yeah, I mean that was the biggest man. I shook his hand and I'm going to tell you a true story as we get ready to leave. I was in Saskatchewan doing a game. I go down to the local watering hole, and lo and behold, there's the biggest man I've ever seen in my life. I walk over, and I go, man, and it's Andre the Giant, and he's so nice. I said, nice to meet you. He shook my hand. I didn't see my hand. It's the biggest hand I've ever seen in my life. I watched him take a beer, and he said, watch this. You know, he's got that French accent. Put the beer in his hand. You couldn't see the beer. He could hide a beer in his hand. I mean, the biggest man, God bless the guy. I wish he lived longer, but, uh, you know, he had that gigantism or something like that. But, man, what a nice guy. I mean, I mean, he didn't have to say nothing to me, but he did. I'm just seeing if I can pull up. Yeah, here it is. So check this out, because this is, this is, I'm sure, what you're, what you're talking about, Chris. Here is Andre yeah, the Giant's hand. That is, a, that is not a mini can. That is a no, regular can of beer from the 80s. Oh, look at the size of that thing. I mean, the guy was just a monster. That is but a regular a can of beer. Hey, how did you know? He, you know what? What a great job, DB, even bringing that up. Because we didn't talk about this pre-game or pre-show today. You just brought it up. That was great, man. I did. 
That's really good, man. It's the be- it's the beauty of technology these days. And yeah. and speaking wow. of which, be- before we do go, and I, great keys to the game, I, I love that, and even better story about uh, Andre the Giant. Uh, as you have been commenting in the live chat during the show, I, I try to grab a couple that um, you know are, are interesting. Uh, Peter D watching on YouTube. What's going on, Peter? Uh, anyone else wondering why we have Damian Jackson on the active roster this week and not Fox or? Uh, Darame Soiree. Fox, of course, being the American defensive tackle uh, they signed yeah. from the BC Lions just a few weeks ago. Abu Darame Soiree um, comes off as Winston Rose comes in. I think that one's kind of self-explanatory. Fox, I, I think that Winnipeg is pretty happy with Cam Lawson, uh, Jake yes. Thomas, and, uh, and, and Ricky Walker at defensive tackle. I don't think Fox would be somebody... Oh, there it is again, the beer can. Um, <laughs> that is something, eh? That is just unbelievable. Uh, the, the Blue Bombers defensive line here. I think they're pretty happy with Walker, Thomas, and Lawson. If you brought Fox yeah. in, uh, he would be a D tackle. If anything, they would probably want uh, a defensive end to rotate in with the Jeffs, yeah. as Schnitzi likes to call them, uh, as well as uh, Anthony Bennett, the, uh, the Canadian rookie. Um, but... They've brought some guys in. I just don't think that they're ready for prime time yet. Uh, yeah. As far as Damian Jackson, I think that's really just an operation of flexibility on the roster. When you have a fullback, it's not just, well, he's going to play fullback and nothing else. There's no Mike Miller who can really kind of do everything. Yeah, that's uh, mentioned. That's true. Connor Burton shop back after, uh, you know, spending uh, uh, time on the six game injured list. Um, so good to see him back, but I think Damian Jackson as kind of a versatile backup long snapper for Winnipegger, Mike Benson, there he is right there next to the logo. Um, and you know, some, some of the other things that he does on special teams, I think are are what make, uh, Damian Jackson, uh, you know, important to the lineup. Uh, I like this question from Roy shroud on YouTube. What's going on, Roy? Good to see you in the live chat. Gents, do the Blue Bombers have a big hitter in their secondary? Someone who instills fear in receivers? All the way back to our time at TSN Radio, Chris Walby, you and I talked about alligator arms, or you taught me about alligator arms, I think is probably a better way to put it. Um, and and instilling that fear that, that Roy refers to. Is Winnipeg yeah. getting that this year? I don't think that they're getting it right now. I think it's one of those things we see it developing. Uh, I know that people are looking at Brandon Alexander because he was a hard-hitting guy. He would come up and lay the boots on you. Um, I, you know, I know some people have said he's not playing up to the way he was. He's not as physical, but maybe that's the system they're doing. Sometimes it, it's all about the system they're running in defense, right? Uh, I know he's trying to take his shots when he can, but the league has changed the game so much too. You can't be late on a hit you got to watch the helmet. If you come on uh, and, and see a guy going down, you got to back off. Well, and, and B.A., are, Brandon Alexander already got a penalty for that early this season. I think that was in Saskatchewan, you know, I, right? I watched that Edmonton game that lost an embarrassment to B.C. They had 19 penalties for 177 yards, almost all of them on defense. It was wow. bloody. It was bad. But I think sometimes I, I wonder because I see a quarterback getting his helmet knocked off and it's not a penalty, and I see a quarterback get hit with an arm and it is a penalty. Again, it's consistency. I just want consistency on the call. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I, don't want the game, I don't want the game to turn into you know flag football. But I also understand we want to protect players. But come on, man. It's so hard. As, I can only imagine. I would used to be a D lineman. 
to come down and you're running at me, DB, and you're coming down. Then you go down. I don't know if you're faking. I, I don't know what you're doing. Now I got to hit you. But well, I, now if quarterbacks. I'm hit your helmet. How's that yep. a penalty? Well, that, that, I know it's up to the refs to decide, yes, if it's not or whatever. But subjective, yeah. I but just now, agree with it's subjective. Yeah. yeah, and there's a good point, Craig. Ryan Herosian. That guy oh, was yes. a machine. I know the oh, Herosians. Yeah. Grady Kavnis. These are before my time, but yeah. I remember I know Brian, and Brian was a, I think he's one of the first guys that ever got to Amway. Met a bunch of money in Amway. But Grady Kavanaugh, same thing. I mean, those guys would tear your head off. But back then, you watched some of the films. You ever watched like uh, some of these guys that played like D- David Boone? Uh, uh, what's his name? The guy who used to Doctor Death for Edmonton, uh, Dave Fennell. I oh mean, yeah, that, I, had to you, I remember you guy. telling me about him. Swear to God, man. Yeah, that guy sweated more looking at me than he was even like. I mean, I got scared of him. I mean, they were some. I mean, Danny Kepley. Danny Kepley's another guy. These guys could hit, and if yeah. you weren't on your toes, you're basically looking up at clouds because they would knock the crap out of you. Yeah. Well, and for those that say, you know, they're worried about like, you know, you mentioned it, but there's those that say, see a penalty on the field and they'll say, well, this is becoming flag football. The clean hits are clean hits, right? Just like in the National Hockey League, the clean hits may be fewer and farther between, but it's because it's not the Wild West and you're not seeing as many hits as you used to, um, the big ones. Uh, is why some people are, are throwing that criticism around. But uh, you got to keep the game safe or else there won't be a game to play. Uh, physicality is important. Game physicality is and, and that intimidation is important, right? It's 100 years old. Do you know how many players Older got hurt that probably never played again because they got hit or something like that? Yep. I think that, you know, now that I listen, I used to be the biggest opponent of no hitting during practice. I don't know how these guys can do it as no one D line, but I, I said, okay. I'm going to live with it. Now they got those donuts on their head. Okay, I can live with it. But Guardian, I just, yeah. there are some things that drive me crazy, and that's like the uh, pass interference. I think it's so tough on these DBs. We talked this already, DB, about the defensive backs. The fact that slot backs can take a running start at you and you can't hit them after five yards, it's so tough on these guys, man. I well, mean, then you better I hit them. It's a tough game. I mean, bet, if I was a receiver, I know where I'm going. You guys don't know where you're going. It's an advantage, right? Yeah. Yeah. King, King Kong, Kong Mosca, Angela Mosca. Speaking of wrestlers, uh, good, good comment yeah, great there. Guy, uh, great guy. Yeah. He was uh, the, head, the king of the head slap. Yes. He you can't got, do that anymore. With the hand, the hand, he go across the side. Yeah, it used to be illegal. Yeah. Well, um, oh, she talked about that on his coach's show. You get, you get it in the plastic helmet, and it's like it would ring. Right? Oh yeah, I remember. And, and these a lot of these guys used to, uh, they used to do the oh yeah, these head jack, come under your chin, and jack your helmet because where the head goes, the body follows. Yeah, I don't care who you are, you get that head up in the air, your feet are going backwards, and you're just driving you back. But now that's a good call. They can't do that anymore. Yeah, that's a very good point there too by Bush twenty seven, Benny Thompson, David Bobell. Yeah, you love yeah, talking yeah. about Benny Thompson. Benny was well. Benny went down and made a career in the NFL one of the toughest guys I ever played with. Seriously. Uh, when I went well, there was that time, Chris, S- sorry to interrupt. There was that time where we compared Brandon Alexander's physicality to yeah. Benny Thompson. Yeah. I think Benny was just a stud. I mean, I, I, there's two guys that I play with that I went down the other field and tried out with. Uh, one was uh, Benny Thompson. The other was James Jefferson. 
James Jefferson, who had four touchdowns in one game on a kick return, a couple of interceptions, just a stud. These are great players. Now you got me all thinking about reminiscing about stuff like that. And it's, it was a beautiful thing, man. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you go reminisce about old times with uh, your German family that is uh, visiting from overseas. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, Rob Mahoney, who is not afraid to let it fly in the live chat. An example here: Darren Bombing's a good person. Thanks, Rob. Hope you're sincere. Uh, his whole life spent correcting people how to spell Darren. Good football reporter too. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, and then uh, he also finished up with Chris. Who was the best quarterback you ever played with? That's a tough question. I've played with so many. I'll, I'll tell you another quick antidote, quick story. I was doing a game with Mark Lee. We were in the, we were in the Sky Dome. Sky Dome or Montreal? Might have been Montreal. The big mm-hmm. old. And I was with Ra, uh, some, and, and, and so Mark Lee says to me, Chris, who's the best quarterback you played with? And I went, and I didn't know who was coming toward me. And I went, I think it was probably Tommy Clements. I turned to my left, and it's Matt Dunnigan. <laughs> and he looks at me, says something under his breath, and he would not talk to me for two months. He was so upset at me. He wouldn't talk to me. He hated me. He just said, and it took me a long time, a lot of flowers and chocolates to get him to love me again. Wow. Sad day. I mean, you could have been crueler than, than that, right? Like Tommy Clements. How many seasons did you play? How many seasons did you play with with uh, the original swag QB, uh, Matt Dunnigan? Two, yeah, both years in the Grey Cup. Uh, lost to uh, Calgary, and we lost to Edmonton where we shouldn't have lost. That was when Matt blew his ACR, his Achilles. Right, and we had beat beat Edmonton. That was the year that he threw for seven hundred thirteen yards. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Matt Matt is a stud. Uh, you know, we all said he was. You know, a quarterback with a linebacker mentality. He took some hits. He's got. He's. He, he'll tell you right now. He's had concussion syndromes, as w- most of us have. Um, but having said that, uh, you know, I think of other guys. Tommy Burgess. Tommy Burgess is the only quarterback who tried to buy us beer in a bar with his room key. And we're like, what? Yeah, he's, he's, he, he's, he has no idea that his room key is not a credit card. He's like, I'll put it on this tab. <laughs> maybe he was tipping the maybe he was tipping the server like here's my card here's my room key bring us some beer and you know he was actually he won the great cup when it's 1990 one of the best guys you'll ever meet in your life yeah uh, i really like tommy and we had sean salisbury think about these guys dieter brock's the first quarterback i played with um you know uh, johnny huffnagel you go down the line uh well i was seeing a picture of somebody that just passed away i can't remember his name and forgive me for that but one another great guy who died way too young as a quarterback. So anyway, yeah, it's uh, you know it's a tough game. Uh, quarterbacks get paid money because they're the best. Sammy Garza, Craig Smith, yeah. Sammy Garza, who's uh, got about twenty years with the Dallas Cowboys now scouting. Wow! So he is going to get himself a son of a gun big pension, and I'm not even in the will. <laughs> you should make a phone call. Uh, like one of Markley, Noah Markley is one of my favorite people in the world. We call him Chippy Chipmunk because he laughs like he's got he's got nuts in his cheeks. <laughs> he okay. was such a good guy, man. Oh, I, I wanted him. to pull up Tom Mickey. Thank you, Craig Smith. Tom Mickey's a guy. Yeah, oh, there you go. Passed away way too soon. Thank you for that, Craig. God bless you. Yeah, no, yeah, Craig, you, you've been 
Craig is such a great contributor to the, this channel and our show. Awesome. So thank, thanks for that, Craig. I'll, I'll leave the show this week with this. Chris Walby could have been an NFL star if he wanted. The San Francisco 49ers did call. Oh, they offered me a contract. Yeah. But we, we went, I uh, still had to go to uh, Dallas, uh, San Fran, and at the time, I think it was Phoenix. And then I guess because I was 30 years old, they decided to go younger or whatever. It didn't matter. Came back here, took a pay cut for my lovely men. And back then, when you went to the NFL, it was seen as a slap in the face. And I right. love Cal Murphy. Don't get me wrong. Cal Murphy, I love the guy. He's passed. I'll rest in peace. He cut my pay because I went and tried out in the NFL. Yeah. So Different times. There's another story. Yeah, Different times. Then, yeah. What are you going to do? That was well, the way it was. You want to stay in Winnipeg or you want to go? I could. What are you going to do? Ottawa. You're going to go to. You're going to go to Shannon's for lunch on Friday, or maybe pop in uh, before or after the game uh, uh, on Thursday. I might even pop in after the Winnipeg Sea Bears playoff game on Friday. Uh, I might even be heading out to uh, Brandon for the Winnipeg Rifles game on Saturday. So it's just a jam-packed week and weekend here. Uh, but I'm going to find time to uh, go see our good friends uh, at Shannon's Irish pub. You got Luca. Oh, there's the boy. It's my favorite wall. Be right there. You must be on a show. Okay. Over. Okay. All right. Hey, join us on the post game show. We'll go live. Uh, as we always do here on the channel, uh, give the thumbs up uh, and drop some comments uh, and you can hit the hotline as well. Last word to you, Bluto huge game. The biggest of the year Thursday night at IG field. The Bombers and Lions. One of the best games I'm looking forward to. I am really want to see what Dave Evans does for BC, and I also want to see how the Bombers respond. I think, it's you know, this is a classic. Sit back, enjoy. What a great start to the long weekend. And I want to say that. Enjoy the long weekend, everybody. Be safe. And if you're going to have a few of these, get a DD. Or for BB, he'll pick you up. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. All right, brother. We'll see you later, man. Go blue.